Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of our interview with the amazing John Jarden, a literary agent who has the pleasure of working with Miss Heather Gay from the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Keep listening to hear the rest of our conversation. That actually brings us to our next question too. So we want to know your current thoughts on, okay, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw in two things, your current thoughts on Salt Lake City and your current thoughts on Potomac. And okay. how has meeting some of these housewives molded your opinion of their seasons? Okay, work, 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 work. Okay, yes. we're getting in trouble here. This is the question that's going to get me in trouble. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, okay, so I'll start with Salt Lake because mm-hmm. I don't think that this is a hot take. I don't think it's an unpopular opinion, but Salt Lake season three was chaotic. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, the word. <laughs> it was wild. I, the, the feedback that I've been saying to a lot of my friends that watch the show is I'm like, I think Salt Lake got a little big for its britches. Mm-hmm. I think it got a little big for the girls to handle. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Heather, if she listens to this girl, don't yell at me. But I, I, I think it's our fault. <laughs> but also, no. it would be really cool if Heather D listened to our podcast. She's right. Like... Girl, I'm sending it to her. She's going to have to listen. Anyways. So, um, no, what I'm going to say, we love you, girl. But um, no, I, I genuinely think like Salt Lake is a show that I think when you watch season one, in season two, the reason it blew up and the reason it did so well was because you watched these women and you were like, they have history. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know that these women yeah. know each other. Salt Lake seems like a pretty small town. I've never been. So it but seems I want to like, go. Oh, yeah, girl, go. the way I want to go and go skiing and mm-hmm. snowboarding. But it seems like a pretty small town. It seems like they all knew each other. And that's why it worked because it felt authentic, right? Like Mary and Jen arguing in the first episode about... Someone smelling like hospital. Like you're not arguing with a random stranger about that. You're arguing with somebody you you know. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's that's what made it so special. And it blew up. Like Salt Lake blew up into the, we always joke that it's the um, show that broke into Bushwick because like all, everybody in like, they just love, everybody loves Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. And season two was so big with the all of the gen stuff and i just think that the Mm -hmm. women the show got so big that these women started playing into storylines or characters Mm -hmm. that they thought would be good for the show or that they thought would be good television for the audience do you like do you get that sense it's just like out of control like the women yeah I do I do see what you mean. Yeah. Follow-up question. Do you think because on season three we lost two cast members going into season three? Do you feel like it's because it's a smaller group? Or do you feel like it would have been the same even if like Mary had came back? Yeah. I mean, technically we only lost one because who even is Jenny Wynn? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. She doesn't count. (laughs) She does not count. Um, She was on Facebook calling people the N-word. Yeah. No shade, but the only one we lost was Mary M. Cosby, girl. 
<laughs> you said what about Mary Cosby? I said like, the only one we lost was Mary M. Cosby. Exactly. And it was noticed. It was exactly. noticed. They keep um, referencing her during the season too, like showing her clips. But you, but you know, they love doing that when they, when they, I feel like when they know they lost money kind of important, they do that because the girls are still talking about Monique. We're still yeah. talking about Monique. Oh and Monique's and been gone. And it's because they left, not because of Bravo asking them to leave. They yes. left on their own accord. And I think when that happens, they try to keep them as present as possible because they know they are missed. They are like obviously missed. Yeah. But I do see what you mean about all the ladies kind of seeming to play a role. Cause especially during all the Jen things, like with Jen's friend, um, I can't think of it. Oh, she has Angie? the same Angie. I was about to say she has the same name as the lady it's, who looks like uh Okay, okay. I thought I was crazy because for for the audience, I just got to season three of of Salt Lake City. Yes, I know I'm very, very behind, but I feel like I'm watching at a very funny time on a low because I feel like with coming out of season two and that's when all the gin stuff come out. Like I just tested Bethany, something's did not age well, knowing the information that we know now. It just didn't age properly well unfortunately but going i'm just into season three like i just got the first episode and i saw the girl angie that jen's friend with who was so kind enough to have the party for coach at her mm-hmm. house i was like wait i thought angie was the other girl name they have the same yes. there's angie k and angie h yes what? angie h what is this the bachelor where we know <laughs> You had to use first name, last bruh, initial. Bro, Bachelor loves having the every season, no doubt. There's going to be two girls with the same name, and you're going to have to do the initial. I think there's two girls with Zach season that has the same name. Oh, I'm sure. That's guaranteed, especially on The Bachelor. But yeah. um, I do see what you mean, because it did seem like everyone... It felt performative at some time, especially like the friends of the housewives yes. that were on this mm. season. Because like, it was her name, Deanna? Deanna. Deanna, Deanna. I was like, why did we invite you? I was, I felt like she was only there. <laughs> Not like, why did we invite you? But I felt like she was only there to bash Jen, which like, sure, you and Jen don't get along. Jen got a lot going on. Mm. But it felt like they That's only true. invited her so she could stir up trouble with Jen. And I'm like, I think Jen had, they be going to stir up trouble with Jen regardless. Right. So it was just, we were throwing fuel on the fire. And I was just like, I don't know. It felt like they picked who was like, okay, you switch up on Jen. You stay loyal to Jen. You switch up on Jen. You say loyal Jen. And that was like what the whole season was about. Yeah. Like, yeah. It gets hard when there's like, I just think it got too big for itself because it gets hard when you have, let's be honest, like Jen Shaw was Salt Lake City season one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Season one, she was bringing the drama. Right. Mm-hmm. She was that over the top character, lover or hater. <laughs> Season two, <laughs> she's got the FBI, <laughs> Homeland Security, <laughs> and the yes. NYPD at the Beauty Lab and Laser parking lot. Yes. And she's fleeing the police. And that then in was- season three, she's like, you know, it's this sort of like edging game of when is she going to go to trial? What is she going to plead? And it's just like, so Salt Lake has all been about Jen. Mm -hmm. And I think that season three, like the editing was bad. Mm -hmm. The girls were like, 
playing these parts. And I want, I want to say this first and foremost, because I do, I love Bravo just as much as the next person. Mm-hmm. I will never say that I hate a housewife. I will never say I hate a housewife because the show is not the same unless all of them were there. Every single mm-hmm. person on that cast is playing a role to make the show what it is. Mm-hmm. And they're playing mm-hmm. a character. They're playing a version of themselves, right? Yeah. It is a reality show, but we're not getting the full story. We're not getting who that person really is. Mm-hmm. And so I never want to pass a judgment on somebody, right? Because mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what the truth is. I, I know what I'm watching and I know what my reality is, but I don't know what theirs is. And and every decision we make is informed from a a place of hurt or a place of trauma Mm -hmm. or a childhood memory. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I I don't ever want to bash a housewife, but what I will say, and I I think that now with social media and all of these Mm -hmm. at these Instagram accounts, I don't know if y'all follow the Instagram Mm -hmm. accounts, Mm -hmm. I love the Instagram accounts, right? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes they sort of cultivate this group think where it's like, oh, I don't like X, Y. This influencer says, I don't like X, Y, Z housewife. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, oh, you know, you're right. I don't like that housewife. Let me jump on that bandwagon mm-hmm. and say like, I hate that they did this. I hate that they did that. I'm like, yo, like they're just women. It's not that mm-hmm. deep. Just watch the show and laugh. You know what I mean? But like yeah. with Salt Lake, you can tell that I think this is housewives post Instagram. Mm, we're never going to have Atlanta yeah. house. We're never going to have an Atlanta like, or a housewife show like we did with early Atlanta or early New York or early yeah. Beverly Hills mm-hmm. because ha- Instagram exists mm-hmm. and the women are aware of what the public thinks of them. Yeah. And I think that that is what Salt Lake's detriment is. I think you have women on the show who care a lot about yeah. what the fans think Mm -hmm. and they act a certain way or behave a certain way in order to garner certain reactions from fans you have a Whitney wants to say whatever she says to you know drop these bombs and have that wow factor Mm -hmm. you have Lisa Barlow who knows that she has these like iconic quips Mm -hmm. that people Mm -hmm. are always going to quote so she's like leaning into those bits so it's I think Salt Lake is a really unique show now and I think they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I turn agree. it around for season four. Yeah, yeah, because like especially with the Instagram thing, I think like you said, there are some housewives who care a whole lot, and it reflects yeah. in the show. And then you have like franchises like Potomac that don't care at all, yes. <laughs> and they yes. don't do what Ashley, they're gonna do. Ashley care about her TikToks. Yeah. Ashley, <laughs> you know, okay. Ashley cares. Okay, the TikToks. Actually, I won't say that. I won't say. I won't say that. I'm gonna. I'm, I won't say that. But um, <laughs> test it to us. I want to know what you want to say. I was. You know, I'll say it. I think they're a coping mechanism because they. Yeah. No, they we started. We talked she, about this. We yes, about that's this. why I was like, should I say this? No, I'm gonna say. It. I think they're a coping mechanism because yeah. she was in a situation where she could not freely express herself in the way that she wanted to mm-hmm. and she couldn't be her true self. I think. And now that she's free of Michael Darby. She's like, I'm letting all, not letting all hang out, but like those TikToks are like her first step in like being who she was, not pre-Michael, because she met Michael real young, but pre-Michael acting a fool, basically. So (laughs) that's like her first step into pre-Michael acting a fool. And yeah, so... I think Ashley cares about her TikToks for that reason. They're a yes. No, no, that makes a lot of sense. You know, every season when they show this girl could dance, this is me. Why y'all can't put her in this with the stars? 
Like, please, y'all, y'all chose Teresa over Ashley? I, I didn't understand. I was confused by that. But they picked Teresa because she's more famous. But Ashley would win y'all a mirror ball. She would. I'm she would. Ashley would win a mirror ball. Ashley can dance. I agree, because I was confused by Teresa, too. And I was like, I think that was just to get her fans to watch. <laughs> it wasn't because they <laughs> thought she was going to win. <laughs> Yeah, I will say this as like a great transition to Potomac. That is a show, like you said, Bethany, where those women, they just come to play. Mm -hmm. And there is not a woman on that cast that I like every like they're in their golden era. I'm like, don't change the cast. Keep the cast the same. I mean, I don't I don't need I don't need Sharice there, but, you know, (laughs) No one does. Exactly. But Cerise has, but Cerise, the, but only, person that can get carried, the only person can carry it. I know. But we don't but, need, Karen going to get hype without Cerise. That's why I'm like, Cerise is just there to just, I don't know, just antagonize. Like, you want to talk about antagonizing someone? Yeah. Cherise be antagonizing Karen. Cherise. her but, blood pressure but, high. But isn't it crazy because Sharice kind of like at that dinner in Mexico, Sharice <laughs> sat there like she literally didn't say anything. And then Karen starts banging on the table and then Sharice starts. Or I guess Sharice was OK. Let me clarify. Sharice was the first to bang on the table. But Karen did <laughs> jump up. I was just like, girl, Karen, she's just sitting there, mama. She is not. Sharice raises her blood pressure. I'm telling you, just right. looking at Sharice gets scared. They're going to keep Sharice because Giselle can't even do that. No, Giselle. can't even do that. Sharice's face, but you're right. Sharice was sitting there eating her tacos. And the next thing I know, they were jumping up and banging on tables. And I was like, boy, Sharice be getting it, Karen. I don't know what it is about her face. <laughs> I know. Right. Something about Zero it. to 100. Zero to 103.5. I was yes. like, but the way, and like, I don't agree with all the women. I don't, you know, I'm not like team all the women. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I look at Mia sometimes and I'm like, but like she's necessary. We need Mia on the show. You know what I mean? She's great TV. And like this whole Jacqueline stuff, that seems really dark to me. That mm-hmm. seems really dark. Yeah. They, they yeah. Were, and I think all the ladies yeah. Yeah. I don't. too. Yeah. So it I, makes I the ladies uncomfy it. too yeah. because yeah, you, you could tell. You could, just, you could tell on their face. I mean, that's why Candace was trying to be like, come on now, let's talk. Like, like y'all talk about it. But it yeah. kind of like, you know, it's so sad to see a show. And I hope Jacqueline is a part of the reunion so we could talk about this more. But yeah. I just like it's so sad to see basically a friendship that basically like, you know, they had since high school. I don't want to be ruined because you put her on a show with you. Yeah, that 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 is really that's really sad to me. Um, and it's similar to the Heather and Whitney stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody is perfect. Everybody causes harm um, in, in, in both purposeful and inadvertent mm-hmm. ways. But it, it's always sad to see like genuine friendships break down. I feel the same about Phaedra and Candy. I mean, Phaedra really, she was messy, messy, yeah. messy, messy boots. That was bad. So wrong, so wrong for what she did. But it, it's still sad to see see reality TV break up true friendships. Mm-hmm. Bethany and Carol from New York. Um, but this Mia and Jacqueline stuff, I'm like, and it seems that the editors know we don't want, or the producers know we don't want to see it because it's really dark. So yeah. I think maybe, because they, because that was like the first fight in Mexico on this Mexico mm-hmm. trip. And then they so quickly went back 
to Karen and Sharice. Yeah. yeah. So I think they kind of know that we don't want to see it. <laughs> I also think it was the feedback, like the reactions from the ladies that they were like, yes. okay, can we please just like remedy this? Like they were like begging them to talk to each other, which I think the producers are also like, like, ooh, I think this is a lot more touchy than we thought it was. Yeah, yes. because it seemed like, I mean, I don't want to do speculation, but I feel like there's probably some truth to what they said to each other. And I mean, all. the way Jacqueline got so upset, there has to be some type yes. of history there because based on just on her reaction. And like you notice, none of the women was edging me on or Jacqueline mm-hmm. on. They were more like, okay, guys, calm down now. This is supposed to be a happy occasion. We're supposed to be here to celebrate Ashley's birthday. But it's yeah. like... <laughs> I hate when they say that stuff. Oh, we're in Mexico to celebrate Ashley's birthday. Girl, I'll just say you wanted to go to Mexico because exactly. you had a cast I'm... trip. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Karen, it must be you and Ashley's turn to do the do the trip together. Y'all exactly. Must, like we 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 know y'all have a system. We all know y'all. That's why they had a little birthday party for her as soon as they got there. So like, okay, get that out the way. Ashley's no, birthday no, over. I thought right. it because Karen didn't really get the chance to celebrate her birthday since like the Mia Wendy uh, stuff was going Mia on. And Wendy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like they were like, "Oh, we don't want to see Mia and Jacqueline fight." So they woke up Dr. Wendy at the end of the table, and they got her back in the mix because I don't know where she was the past couple episodes. Just she had that looking fight in Miami. Pretty. Then she I didn't. Good. Wendy had surgery. Good. Wendy had whole surgery. Oh, you know what? She had the ki- the kidney stone. She did so have they, the kidney stone. They and she got her kidney stone out. They put her in a plane to Mexico, and they said, "Wake up, doctor. You got to get your right. check, girl." Because they were like, "Can you drink?" And she was like. Yeah, I can drink a little bit. I, I was like, after the kidneys, though? <laughs> One thing I will say about Dr. Wendy, Dr. Wendy will look good. She okay. will look good. Dr. Wendy is beautiful. All of those women in Potomac will look good. Some, like, Potomac fashion, I feel like, doesn't disappoint me. Mm-hmm. Candace used to become a little, ma- she used to come with some feathers and whatnot. I don't like that, but she got it together, this candy girl. She start, she released Drive Back and she's got that um, mm-hmm. that music coin and she is dressing for the dolls. Like she mm-hmm. is, I, I like Miss Candace for real. We, I, I like Miss Candace too. I, we, we I don't care about like- Miss Candace and Dr. Wendy. I like them with yes. the four degrees. Good. Them and their four degrees. And Candace and her NBA. Yes, her two degrees. (laughs) No, no. I love the fact when Candace uh, had her graduation party. And Wendy was like, let's go two degrees. And I was like, you know, it's kind of ironic that, and you know, with Potomac, you know, there's a lot of talk about colorism. As how like a lot of times Candace, Wendy, and even when Monique was part of the show, mm-hmm. they took a lot more heat than the lighter skinned women on the show. But I was saying to myself, it's very ironic that the two dark skinned women on the show got the most degrees. Right. And also speaking to that, um, this kind of goes back to what you said, John, about like how the ladies are in real life versus on the show and how mm-hmm. Potomac is like super true themselves all the time so there was an interview with Giselle and Robin on Sherry Shepard I think I think Sherry Shepard and they asked about the colorism allegations and Karen had to jump in because Giselle's answer to it was not good she did not answer it well like she was basically just like oh y'all just saying that it's just a show nobody colors over here well she didn't even say that she was just like it's just a show why are y'all even saying that? Uh, it's just like, it was just um, like, no, you didn't answer this well. But it just goes to show just how different 
all the cast members respond to heavy questions and how that still reflects exactly how they are on the show. And <laughs> they're just like, they're just always going to be true to themselves, whether mm-hmm. it's in good light or not. But very true. Yes. So speaking of if they're like how they are on the show or not, since you have mentioned that you have met a good amount of the Salt Lake City cast, we were wondering who is the least like the person there are on TV? Like who did when you met them, you were like, oh, you're nothing like how I thought you would be. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, okay, so to be fair, the only ones that I've like, really met are Meredith and Jen. I've spoken to Lisa once um, at BravoCon. Um, and I saw Whitney and chose not to speak to her. Um, <laughs> but you can edit that out if you want. Um, <laughs> that sounded like Team Heather. <laughs> that sounded like Team Heather to me. <laughs> yes. um, but no, I think that... Um, Meredith is really surprising. She's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. She is a really, I mean, she was very kind and she was fun. She was a lot of fun. And I think when you read Heather's book, Bad Mormon, out February 7th, you will see that um, <laughs> you'll read, um, there's a section about obviously all the women and about her time on the show. And I think mm-hmm. you'll read it and you'll read the section about Meredith and you'll be really surprised at how genuine their friendship is mm-hmm. because I don't think that that friendship gets a lot of air on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but Meredith's a good time girl. She is. She's fun. a real good time girl. <laughs> I mean, she likes to have a good time. She does. <laughs> and I think when you are watching the show, she's very couth, very like put mm-hmm. together, very like disengaged, mm-hmm. darling. I do and you're like just Meredith like, though. I like her disengaging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think it's 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 a fun character for the show, and I I think it works. But um, in real life, she's a little more a little more loose. So mm-hmm. Meredith's, Meredith's, Meredith's a lot of fun. Yeah, I do see that for her, and I do. I Meredith is probably one of my favorites on the show. Actually, I really like Meredith, so that makes sense That's to that. me that she is like that in real life. Yeah, I appreciate that about her and I was hoping that you could okay actually have you ever met you probably not have you met Angie H and if you have in person do you think she looks like Sarah Paulson <laughs> I've never met her but she okay. looks like Sarah Paulson on the show she does. yeah that's okay that's she what does. I was gonna say it's does she look like it in real life also is what I'm wondering because she looks just uh, like Sarah Paulson <laughs> yeah she does I can't unsee it her and Heather are good friends though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so with a follow up from that, um, I guess since we've already talked about Salt Lake City, we know who you met from that. But what other Bravo celebrities have you met through like BravoCon or like anything? Yeah. So I've spoken to a few on the phone for work related stuff, Mm. which I alluded to earlier. So I'm not going to disclose that information. But. I did go to BravoCon, which was really amazing. And we can talk more about that. But I also went to, okay, do y'all watch Summer House? I don't. But I know about the show. Okay. I'm a big Summer House girly, Winter House girly love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I went, when I was in Atlanta, um, visiting my family and some old friends, 
we actually went to see Hannah and Paige from Summer House. They have a podcast and we went to see their live show. Mm-hmm. And it was so cute. They did like um, an advice section of their live show. And um, I got to ask them a question, which was really cool. And Aww. Paige is like my Scorpio sister. So you're a Scorpio? Yes. October Me too. 29th. Oh my God. November 9th. Yes. <laughs> When's your birthday? November 9th. Okay, bet. So yes, I'm a November Scorpio. We're both Scorpios. Okay, that's why I knew we were getting along. Exactly. I knew it was something. That's what it was. (laughs) I know. But yeah, I think I haven't met any others personally. Okay. And And I I didn't meet Hannah or Paige personally, but they did answer my advice question. They were like, oh my God, he's so cute. And I'm obsessed with him. And I was like, I'm obsessed with you. (laughs) So there's still interaction. That's still something. Yes, yes. Very so great. now we want to hear all about BravoCon. We have to. We've Please. already alluded to it. We want Please. to know all about it. Me, oh my God. We really want to go next year. Like we were saying, we have to go next year. We have yes. to find a way. We're trying to find a way to get to BravoCon. I don't know how, but. <laughs> okay, let me try and do this as quick as I can. BravoCon was so much fun. Um, I The first night, Heather was in town before like it was Friday through Sunday so Thursday night she came in we went to dinner so I'm standing in the lobby of the hotel that they were all staying at all the all the Bravo celebrities and I walk in and I looked and I'm like oh my god is that Caroline Manzo and then I'm like oh my god that's like Sarah and Caroline Brooks from Dubai talking to Lisa Barlow from Salt Lake City. Oh my God. Then you see like (laughs) the Vanderpump girls walk in with Tamara Barney Judge from Orange County and Teddy Mellencamp is there with her like pink hair. And I'm just like sitting in the lobby waiting for Heather and I'm just like, oh my God, this is adult Disney World. Right. And um, my favorite memory and y'all will appreciate this. So I was sitting in the lobby and I see Aunt Nora and Aunt Bertha, Candy's aunt. No. Yes. With none other the than Lady Gang. Don Juan. No, not Don Juan. And nobody except Garcelle Bouvet comes down the elevator and Aunt Nora goes, Garcelle, I'm a big fan. I can't. <laughs> Aunt Nora was fangirling over Garcelle and I was like, aren't we all Aunt Nora? Right. Anyway, so that night, I'm like waiting for my my um, car to go back home. It was like after midnight. It was pretty late from the hotel. And I'm standing outside um, and it's like, you got these like, you know, the VPR girlies, the Southern Charm girlies, like, you know, they're just like standing all huddled under one umbrella, looking a little sad. And this big sprinter van pulls up to the curb, right? And all these people start getting out. And I, I mean, I don't know any of them, but I'm like, oh, this is fabulous. This is fabulous. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Mama Joyce walks out. <gasps> of the van. Oh my God. And I was like, you're kidding me. And then none other than Candy Burris Tucker she comes out of the um, sprinter van and her and Todd are sharing an umbrella and they had just come from the Broadway debut premiere of the piano lesson. Their show on Broadway right Mm -hmm. now. And all of these like 
other Bravo celebrities are fangirling over Candy. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how you do it. That's how you right. know the HBIC mm-hmm. of Bravo. That's how you know you are yes. getting paid allegedly $2 million a season because mm-hmm. you're pulling up in your sprinter van from the premiere of your Broadway debut and the other mm-hmm. girls are jealous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the event itself was so fun. Like the energy in the space is palpable. Um, there was a lot of jokes, like a make like relating it to the fire festival. I don't know if y'all saw that oh, stuff on Twitter. Yes, yes. Um, but like ob- honestly, like the BravoCon Twitter content made like the event so much better. Like everybody just like um roasting BravoCon. Um, but it was so fun just like be there. And I went with my friend Jessica Martin, who is an um, who is a huge Bravo fan as well. Mm-hmm. Um and it was so funny. We had these, there would be huge long lines before these panels, mm. right? And it like, like the Salt Lake panel was the most attended panel, like at BravoCon. Like it was crazy. And oh. so we were in like the Jersey panel before some other panel. We weren't able, we thought we weren't going to be able to get in. Mm-hmm. So I had a VIP wristband, okay, oh. because of Heather. Mm-hmm. And we had these like little pamphlets that we were handing out to people like pre-order Bad Mormon, pre-order Bad Mormon. Mm-hmm. So we would finesse our way into all the panels because <laughs> we would be like, because she didn't have VIP. She just had like the general mission. Mm-hmm. And so we would like, I would flash my my wristband and then I would be like, follow close behind me. Like we're going to sneak in and we were running. <laughs> and, and people would be like, wait, 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 let me see your wristband to Jessica. And she would show the Gia and then she'd be like, oh no, but like, I'm here, I'm here with Heather. Like I work for Heather and I'm yeah, she's with me. Like trust, like we're good. We're with oh. Heather. And we would like sneak into the shows, but like. You're an actual celebrity. I love celebrity so status. Fun. The best panel no surprise, Atlanta. The girls were mm-hmm. amazing. They mm-hmm. were so fun. Um, but it was so surreal. And like, just to see the girlies like interact, like I, I, I got a picture. I think the only picture I think I got was with Sonia. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she didn't have no line, no shade, uh, no shade. Oh. <laughs> um, and then like, no obviously line. you see them in person, like to see Kathy Hilton and like, um, Lisa Rinna and mm-hmm. like Candace. I saw Candace and mm-hmm. Candy. Her Bob. Garcelle. Yeah, she had her little Bob in the sunglasses. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, she, Candace is really in her R&B era. Like she is she on is. her like, what is the deep space tour? Like deep she space. is living yes. her best life. But it was so fun. And to see Phaedra and just to meet the fans, like meeting the fans was so fun. Like I think... What's really special about Bravo is that you don't just watch one show. You watch them all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've yeah. never met somebody that only watches one show on Bravo. And right. if you watch Bravo, you can get with anybody and you're having a conversation like we're having now. Like, yes. I know that there are listeners to this that are like, oh, my God. Like, I wish I was in that Zoom kikiing with the girls. Because <laughs> it's like, that's what's fun about it. And so 
I remember I get really overwhelmed in big spaces and I can get pretty like socially anxious. Um, so I, I was a little nervous the first day and we were waiting in line for that like 360 camera experience. Oh, yeah. Yes. was like, girl, we have to do it. And I was like, you know what? We're at BravoCon. Of course we have to do it. And mm-hmm. so there were these like moms, these like 50 year old moms, like I'm guessing they're from Kissimmee, Florida, girl, you know, the fake hands, the big old nails and long me. dry hair. And I was just no shade, but they had on their secret, their um, sequined little bolero jackets and feather oh, boas, and they were getting their life. They were getting their life. And I looked at Jessica. Maybe the main Martin. ones. We woke up Saturday morning. I looked for day two. I looked at Jessica Martin in the eyes and I said, I refuse to let the 50 year old moms from Kissimmee, Florida have more fun than us at BravoCon. We've just got to go in and go balls to the wall. Who cares? Mm-hmm. We're with our people. And as soon as I let go of those inhibitions and mm-hmm. like even just to run around and like be like, oh my God, we're at BravoCon. Like so fun. And I look back on it now and I'm like, what I would give to be back in the Javits Center with like these, you know, men in sequined, ombre blazer coats <laughs> like let me tell you the fashion of these bravo fans is a choice mama no. but like what i would give to be back in that center um the energy so if y'all can find a way like girl listen jada you live here now so you don't got to pay for a flight you don't got to pay for a hotel bethany you don't got to pay for a place to stay you got me Just on the, the upper west and jada out in brooklyn yes. so october <laughs> girl that's your birthday present to yourself you know come what to new york and come to BravoCon because you will not regret it i promise you don't entice me because i will and you know what the I best will. thing is too i'm gonna tell you this too bethany because this is what jessica did mm-hmm. i mean she just got the ga ticket and the flight right and mm-hmm. then she stayed with me. And it's like, we don't pay for the extra stuff because right. we're going to go out and have a good time like in other parts of the city. And we're going to go out to the clubs and bars in New York because that's what Jada and I know now, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can come up and like, it's a Bravo trip, but it's also a trip to see your friends and to see mm-hmm. New York and to like do New York. So it's it's a lot of fun in autumn in New York. I mean, really holiday said it best. Uh, it's beautiful. Okay, yes, yes, because you got mail and when Harry met Sally, yes. told me all about Autumn in New York. Yeah, <laughs> so I need to see it. Okay, yes. All right. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna look into this because all I need is a flight and a ticket. So okay. We're gonna we're gonna make this a reality. We are yes. a year later. Well not a year later, but we already have a lot of we're gonna do a recap of TTBR Tiki BravoCon. Yes. yes. We have a lot of planned because we already talked about we going to the Bayou to see Princess Tiana too. Yeah. So we got to go to the Bayou. We got to go to BravoCon. That's <laughs> next year. And then we yeah. also, we still got to go to Salt Lake City. So got to go to Park yeah. City. We got to go to Potomac. Park City, Utah. I just need, I need to see what Potomac looks like. I just want to put my eyes on it and be like, okay, this is what a girl is. Potomac looks in. nice. Like I would go there. Like it looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. I it agree. Looks- yeah. It looks like um a little more rural and natural yeah. than like Metro Atlanta. Well, it looks it really also, pretty. Virginia's kind of well, Virginia, like DMV outside of DC, of course, is all kind of like that. Yeah. Aside from like especially Virginia. But that's not all of them. Like I think Ashley and Candace live in Virginia and then Karen, well, Sharice. I thought, I thought Ashley lived in DC, actually. She lives no, she lives in Arlington. Arlington. Oh. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Or she, I don't know how she moved into her house. I don't know. I don't know either. Did she? But I know her penthouse was definitely in Arlington. Did she get her house yet? I can't remember. I thought she was still looking for her house. She was applying. The way I would never live in that penthouse, like it was all glass windows, like right children's toys. Oh, so it was so small. Like when I was when she was pregnant with Dean, not for her family. Dean's the second baby, right? No, Dean is the first baby. What was the the second baby name? I'm forgetting. Dylan? Dylan, Dylan, yeah. Yeah, Dean and Dylan. When she was pregnant with Dylan, they should have moved. Okay. I was like... You know Michael Darby ain't got no sense. Like two You already established that, yes. Michael Darby does. He crazy. Right. He was acting a fool. He didn't care nothing about what they were... They're living less like with those babies. No. Hard. Hard man. Hard, hard man. Ooh, child. Well, John... This has been a lot of conversation. We do have one more question for you. What are you currently working on that you can tell us? Keyword, yes. you can tell us. Yes. Okay, work. Work, work, work. <laughs> um, I can share a few. Um, well, okay. First and foremost, Bad Mormon by Heather Gay. Published by Gallery, Simon & Schuster. Comes out February 7th. Get it everywhere. Barnes & Noble, The Strand, your local indie booksellers. Bookshop.org will connect you to every local indie bookseller. Support local, buy local. Um, mm-hmm. But also buy on Amazon too. Mm-hmm. Get those pre-orders, girl. Um, and some tea. Target bought a lot of copies, which is super awesome. Oh. So Ooh. if you need a copy... I heard Target got the hookup. Um, okay, okay. <laughs> um, the reason I say that is because it's 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 a good premonition for hopeful um, bestseller lists, but which would be a dream come true. But um, yeah, so I have I'm working on a few projects right now that I'm really excited about. Um, some that I I'll share two that are have been announced books that have sold and I, I don't we don't have publication dates for but one of them I am excited about is um, by a queer trans non-binary um, sex and gender therapist and it's um, all I think it's called Gender Magic I think is the title now it's by Ray McDaniel they are a fantastic fantastic writer and therapist and they have a really unique approach to um, just discovering your gender and discovering mm-hmm. what that looks like and and unpacking transition and, and non-binary identities and, and it's a really I think a really lovely book a really helpful book mm-hmm. and it's a book that I know will will resonate with a lot of readers. And then one that I'm really excited about is by um, Dr. Ray Wynn Grant, who I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with. She is a Black wildlife ecologist and a National Geographic explorer. She is dope. Go on to Twitter, Instagram, look up Dr. Ray Wynn Grant because she is the next big thing. She works a lot with black bears and mm-hmm. like blackberry ecology. And so she, her memoir is coming out um hopefully sometime I think next spring. Mm-hmm. And she is amazing. And it's oh. it's her memoir. It's all about being black in wildlife ecology, mm-hmm. being a black woman in wildlife ecology, and the way that she talks about her research. 
and relating like black mm. bear science to like violence against black men. And mm. I mean, she's just a brilliant, mm. brilliant writer and her story is really amazing. So check out Dr. Raywin Grant. I um, love that. Yeah. So those are two projects that I'm really excited about and they should be releasing. Um, Gender Magic by Dr. Ray McDaniel should be mm-hmm. coming out this summer. And then Dr. Wingrant's book should be coming out the following spring. So Ray McDaniel hey, and Ray Wingrant. I love yes. that. Yeah. Yes. One thing a lot of people don't know about me, I'm obsessed with Nat Geo. I get yes. I have a subscription. I read all the magazines. I Good. would love to photograph for them one day. Yes. Yeah, so that I is that. amazing to know. And and the first author is Ray McDaniel. You Ray McDaniel, yes. Okay. They are fantastic. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. And while we're talking about things that are currently on your mind, you said that being a literary agent takes a lot of reading also. So what are you currently reading right now? Yes. Oh, my God. I love this question. <laughs> so he, really I, watches, he really listens to the show. He really I listens to the show. Oh, yes. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, first and foremost. Of I love but it. Yes. I will say I actually just finished book at like 1am last night um I read oh, it love in, it I read it in two <laughs> sittings it was so lovely it's called lie mm. with me by um Philippe Besson so Ooh. he's a French writer and it was um this is a French novel translated by Molly Ringwald the oh, wait. <laughs> yeah I was like yeah, I was like, like Breakfast Club Molly Ring. Yeah, literally. Oh, like John he's like, what's about? I was like Secret Life of America Teenager? Molly? Yes. I was like, <laughs> the girl is translating French novels. Like good okay, for girl. her. Um, good for her, right? It's it's a really it was a really sweet book. It felt like a dream sequence. It was really oh. lovely to read. It's about um a gay writer and um sort of his first love and it's really lovely just under 150 pages and I read it in two sittings it was like it was amazing um fantastic land I finished this week as well the fact that I read two books this week (laughs) I'm looking up who it's by for you but fantastic land it is horror thriller so um the central sort of impetus is that there's this hurricane that ravages through Florida Mm-hmm. And this amusement park called Fantastic Land, which is sort of akin to like Disney World or Universal, is completely destroyed. And a large population of the teenagers that work in the park have to stay after the hurricane. And it turns into this like Hunger Games death match of these people just like Ooh. brutally murdering each other. And it is so well written and it's sort of like a social take on um like technology and our reliance on technology and what happens when we don't have technology and like what what sort of carnal instincts come out word for the warning it is very very gory but if you're into that it's a really 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 good book and I can't recommend it enough fantastic land by Mike Bakovin Mm, okay. Um, Fantastic. So yeah, those okay. are the two books that I just recently read. I'm about to start swimming in the dark mm-hmm. by Tomas Jedrowski. Um Reprieve by James Han Matson. Huge shout out to that book too. It's another thriller. So um Ooh, love a good thriller. I know Bethany is a little more <laughs> yeah. like a, a thriller. Yes. Hill, <laughs> but um I also, I, I like a romance too. So oh, I love a good rom-com also. Yeah, rom-com all of, thrillers. All of my um, 
all of my roommates are, or my two roommates, they're all makes it sound like I have five. I have two. My two roommates are big. <laughs> um, oh my God. What's her name? Beatreed. Oh, it was oh Emily Henry. Emily Henry. Yeah. Emily Henry. They're like, you are literally a character from an Emily Henry novel. <laughs> you are like from the South. You love the South. You work in publishing. And so it's just funny. Like, I know y'all are, I know. Um, yeah. So anyways, that that's what I'm reading. Um, and of course, Van Mormon, I am also reading. So Of course, of course. Yeah, that, that's what I'm reading. I'm getting back into it. It's hard when you work in book publishing and you read for mm-hmm. a living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find the time to read for pleasure and for joy. But um, winter in New York is brutal. It is brutal. It is so cold. And so I'm a huge outdoors person. So in the summer, I'm always at the beach. I'm always on my bike. I'm Mm -hmm. always in the parks. Mm -hmm. So in the winter, I'm like, let me go to a random neighborhood, like Astoria or Inwood and like find a coffee shop and sit down with a book and read it out. That's like my favorite thing to do in New York. So Jada, you'll have to come along with me sometime. Yes, please, 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 please invite me the next time you do it. Yes, for sure, for sure. Ah, I love it for you guys. Yes. New York Adventures with Jada and John. Oh, y'all can have a YouTube channel. <laughs> Stop. Oh I, don't need, I, don't, I, need, I don't need that. Wait. Oh, John, we can do a TikTok. <laughs> you know, we could blow up faster. We could. Oh. A little TikTok. And then Honestly, we could do like a TNTBR yes. um, tick book talk sort of like crossover. Yes. Um, random correspondent. John yes. John. yes. Rob, I love is, it. I'll give y'all my housewife's tagline. So this could be, we'll have to get taglines for the TikTok, right? Oh my God, this is fine now. Yes. Yes, this, I do. love it. Oh, now I'm excited. I love See, this. John could be our colorful commentator. You know, that's Chrissy Teigen's title or lip sync battle. So John's our colorful commentator. That is, colorful yeah. Colorful commentator, darling. Mm, yes. I, I like it. We're going to do it. Yes. Okay, I love it. We're going we're gonna to plan this out because now I'm excited. Yes. Ooh. Yes. And... If y'all are down, I have a little sneak preview of Bad Mormon if you would like to hear a short little snippet. Of course. Yes. Yes, yes. please. All right, darlings. It's story time. I was going to say it's story time. <laughs> okay. So for context, this is a story about Heather's mission in France. Um, this was written contemporaneously so if you don't know she was just on below deck adventure which is the below deck franchise filmed in norway so this is about um her flight back to the states from norway and it is in the section about her missionary or her mission pardon me um to sort of talk about the general thesis for the book So here we go. Bad Mormon by Heather Gay, as narrated by John Jardin. On a flight back from Norway recently, I discovered my seat was separated from my friends. Rather than spend the 13-hour flight next to a stranger, we considered asking the young man across the aisle to switch seats. Before we could summon the courage, he looked over and volunteered to swap places. Are you guys together? He eagerly jumped up, moved his bags, and helped us get settled. He was young and cute and chivalrous, a throwback from a forgotten era. We were both impressed. My friend whispered that she thought he was a missionary. I shrugged her off because he wasn't wearing a tag. Later, as we waited in baggage claim, I saw him reach into his pocket and pull out a little black placard 
and affix it to his shirt. I approached him. You're a missionary? Immediately, he launched into an explanation. Yeah, we aren't allowed to wear our tags in Amsterdam. He was so apologetic, worried that I might rat him out to the authorities or his mission president. He wanted to let me know that he was a good missionary, not one that broke the rules or snuck off to movies. No, 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 I reassured him. It's not about your name tag. There was something different about you. And now I know what it was. Thank you for switching seats. He smiled and we parted ways. What I really wanted to do at that moment was hug him. I wanted to say, I know you because I was you. I know I don't look Mormon, and I know that I'm hanging out with these obvious rule breakers, but I know you. And what you hold sacred, I held sacred. And if one day you realize that you want to leave all of this, you can. And you can come find me, and I'll still know you, and I'll help you. I don't want you to ever think that I'm not on your side. Despite everything, when that missionary put on that little black name tag, there was no one in that airport I wanted to talk to more. And I just love this passage because I think it it really hits on what this book is about. I think a lot of times people think about Housewives memoirs and they think it's going to be about, you know, the show and mm-hmm. about being on reality mm-hmm. TV. But this is a book that's so much more than that. It's about a woman who grew up in a faith community mm-hmm. that always told her that who she was was wrong mm-hmm. and that tried to force her into this very small, 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 reductive box mm-hmm. with a label that just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And I think so often, and we see this with Whitney on the show, and it's 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 an amazing, amazing way to cope with things. You know, she... She's like, I don't want to deal with it. I'm taking my name off the registry. I don't want to address mm-hmm. it anymore. I'm moving mm-hmm. forward. But for yeah. a lot of us, moving forward isn't necessarily the path forward. Or like moving on mm-hmm. or racing isn't the path forward because yeah. those are parts of us. Mm-hmm. And to deny the parts of us that were once so beautiful and that now cause harm is almost an invalidation of that lived experience. And so this book is really about that that dissonance of figuring out how do I take something that is such a big part of me, but that has also caused me so much harm. And how do I reconcile myself to that identity? And that's, I'm not a Mormon. I didn't grow up Mormon. I grew up cradle Mm -hmm. Catholic, but I'm a Mm -hmm. queer person in the Catholic church. And I relate to that. You know, I know y'all are um, in faith communities and- Mm -hmm. Like, it's so important to recognize both the beauty of it, but also sometimes the ways that it it, it can cause Mm -hmm. harm. And I think this book, I hope this book, I pray this book Mm -hmm. will reconcile a lot of people to their relationships, to their faith, to parts of their identities that they'd rather not talk about, that they'd rather keep hidden. So it's funny, it's heartfelt, it's emotional, it's got gossip, it's got drama, it's got behind the scenes tea, but above all else, it is a really, really moving book about a woman who is just trying her best to figure it out. And I think that's all of us. So thank you for letting me share that. Of course. That was so beautiful like that's why like I was trying like, I had to look away because I was like I really want to focus on the words you're saying yes. and it was really beautiful mm-hmm. and like the fact that you can tell that's Heather's voice I don't know why I don't know yeah. how but it's just like when you're reading it it sounds like she's doing her sit-down interviews 
telling that story. So that yeah. was like honestly beautiful. And maybe even more excited to read the book myself because I feel like one of the great things about memoirs is like when you can't actually hear that person's voice as you're reading it, it's so more authentic that you're kind of like, yes, I want to read more about it. Yeah. And I think it really showed also, which Heather kind of portrays on the show, like how her past as a Mormon has shaped her in today as not being Mormon anymore. Like it shaped her into that person she is now because not only was the writing like so genuine, it showed talent. It was so well-written, but like Jada said, (laughs) it's like Jada said, it showed, it sounded truly like Heather speaking. And I know like from the show, like with her struggle with like her family who's still Mormon Mm -hmm. and like, not um, being able to communicate with them or like them not communicating with her but also like you said like being like a queer person that grew up catholic for heather as so many people she loves now weren't accepted by the more or aren't accepted by the mormon religion and so that was also like a huge part that she had to recognize realize and see like and that they talk about on the show often like how queer people aren't accepted for a long time black people weren't accepted yeah it's a whole different world that she had to leave behind that she lived for so long but I think mm-hmm. it shaped her into a person that she is today that she actually like really loves and appreciates mm-hmm. so and it I think that excerpt really shows that too and displays it really well so mm-hmm. yes well thank you for letting me share that and yeah I'm I'm so excited for y'all to read the book and yes. for us to have a book club afterwards I, yes! and yes. it's gonna be a good time because yeah it's it's just my hope and my prayer that um and and honestly like to be vulnerable with y'all and transparent like I left my faith for a while like I Mm -hmm. left the catholic church because of you know various hurts that Mm -hmm. I was wrestling through and like and dealing with and and figuring out what to do with and after working with Heather on this book I have reevaluated you know Mm -hmm. my faith because it is something so important to me. Mm-hmm. And I started, I found a queer affirming Catholic church here in New York mm-hmm. that I've been going to and just reconciling myself to something that was a huge part of me. My my friend Yasha, she is a fantastic, fantastic um, Harlem-based artist. And she has a line that says like, in one of her films called Epilogue, which you can stream on YouTube. Um, she has a line that says, you know, I don't think that forgetting the parts of me that caused harm, you know, is is my way forward. They're all a part of me and I want to honor those. So that is what, that is the gift that Bad Mormon has given me. And that is the gift that I pray it gives every single reader. And so I'm glad that y'all even just got that from the little excerpt for real. Yeah, because I think it's something everyone struggles with in some way, like they Mm -hmm. are part of a faith-based group where there are just some parts of everyone's religion that they don't agree with, they don't like, and like Mm -hmm. same with Christianity, like Mm -hmm. my church is non-denominational, so it's a little different than like your normal Baptist or Methodist church in terms of things that are taught, but I do know like there are so many things that a lot of Christians believe in, they preach that I don't agree with. And that's just something you have to mm-hmm. come to turn with and like make your, not make your own faith, but also kind of build your own faith within the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like oh, I love that. 
Yeah, I love that. Thank Build you. your faith, your own faith within the faith. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, look at us bad Mormons. Yeah. We're getting it together. <laughs> We're figuring it out. Yes. Oh, that just came right out. I don't know where that came from. Ooh, good. Thank you. But yeah, and like you said, you found a group that it shares, they share your faith and they also accept you at the same time, which is yeah. so important, like in terms of like your beliefs and having a place, a safe place to go. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this was so great. We love talking to you. This was amazing. And hearing the excerpt from the book, I'm so excited to read it. Gonna get my copy February 7th. I'm gonna learn Target, Barnes and Noble. I'm gonna go to Books Are Magic and get it. I'm gonna Books Are Magic. Um, I'm gonna go to Little Shop of Stories, Brave and Kind Books. We're on my 44th and Third Street books. You should go to to Cherish. Cherish books. Oh, Cherish, yes. And they probably they probably the main ones to carry it because that's a feminist bookstore. They probably be the main Ooh, ones yes. to carry it. Yes, yes. Everyone, in Atlanta, go to your local indie bookstore. I can give you a list if you want. Anyone, reach out. I know all the indie bookstores. Yes, come on, Beth. Yes, you know <laughs> you I try to support. I really do. I love it. I love it. I love it. This was such a key key. This was so fun. I've never done a podcast before. So I was so nervous. But y'all are great. You did a phenomenal. Like more people. Please let this one this face yes. man. And you hear his roster of people that he's working with. So please look out for John. John, where can our followers found find you? Oh my God. Where can the followers yeah. Why me, dwelling? Well, first of all, you can find me on Goodreads if you want to see everything I'm reading. And I I try my best to um, do quick little um, reviews. I don't go too, too deep, but it's pretty off the cuff. But yeah, I love Goodreads. It's just John Jardin, last name spelled J-A-R-D-I-N on Goodreads. Um, and on Instagram, I'm at John J-T-J. And you can also find me February 7th on <laughs> your bookshelves. So bye, Bad Mormon. And um, yeah, we should do this again. Yes. <laughs> this was so much fun. Like you said, maybe you did a little book club with Bad Mormons. I so. know. And more importantly, BravoCon in October. Yes, oh, BravoCon yes. in October. We're holding your feet to the fire, Bethany. You're going to do it. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't entice me. Though. I'll be showing up on your doorstep now. <laughs> <laughs> we're pack back and everything so you said back in yeah, January right, right. y'all I'm at LaGuardia say. come get me <laughs> at LaGuardia I have the re- <laughs> oh I can't come get get you at LaGuardia I don't have a car but I can oh, definitely yeah. send an Uber for you I'm about to say send me an Uber that's fine yeah get the- I will also yeah, take girl. that <laughs> yes but yes this is so much fun thank you so much John we'll definitely have to do it again like you said we'll have to have you back amazing and also John was our first guest ever on the podcast and it was such a pleasure having him I love talking to John about what he does in his daily life um working for a literary agency and the role he plays at his job and how he got there it was amazing I love talking to John 
I'm so glad you got friends to John. <laughs> yep, they are friends now. You heard John said Bethany could come to New York anytime. He got, yes. she got two places to stay, me in his place, and she's right. gonna take that for real. And I told him, okay, if I text now and I'm at LaGuardia, come get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't get you at LaGuardia. We got to send a car. That's fine. Oh, I said that's fine too. Y'all can also send a car. I accept either one, but yeah, I don't see both of y'all. I don't drive in New York. I don't even know. Like one, like my friend Sam, he doesn't listen to the podcast. But maybe I was in this episode because his name got mentioned. Like he oh, yeah. drives and I'm like, I don't know how you drive. I would never. Driving in New York was scary. Bruh, it gives me anxiety. Like one time There's when, no rules. when me and Anthony was in an Uber, like over the, over one of these weekends, it gave me so much anxiety because no, was, even the Ubers are bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. It just makes you realize you don't want to drive here. Yeah, I don't blame you. So yeah, y'all just send me a car and I'll come see y'all. Yeah, we'll send you a nice car. But yeah. yes, I'm so glad John was able to come on the podcast. Talk more about Bad Mormon. Don't forget, it comes out February 7th. And yes. I look forward to going to the book launch because I secured a ticket to last minute. No, oh, I'm so jealous. Je- oh, T- Jada's met Tia. She going to the Bad Mormon book launch. I'm going to get a picture I- with Heather. I'm order my copy. I'm getting a picture with Heather. I'm sick. I'm just going to pre-order my copy of Bad Mormon and read it in my room by myself. Y'all because- <laughs> can't tell me nothing now. All I got to do now is meet somebody for a Will Housewives of Potomac. Oh, number one. And it, well, Atlanta might be easier. Not Atlanta, really. I mean, Atlanta probably I've, is easier. I've lived here a long time and I, I actually don't live far from where Portia and Nini used to live. Mm-hmm. And I've yet to see any, neither of them. I mean, like, I've, they've gone to restaurants like not far from where I live. Yeah. And I'm like, never. <laughs> yeah. You know, unfortunately, my parents went to the game that Portia did do the national anthem. So I couldn't see Portia. Uh, Oh, I have, I've met, not met, but I've seen Shamia at the games. And I've also seen Portia's sister. Well, you know, I told you, I talked to Shamia before on FaceTime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've met, like, people that aren't stars of the show. Like, Shamia, oh, I saw Cynthia's sister at this boutique. (laughs) (laughs) I meet people that aren't, like, integral to the show. you try to talk about the the people who are, like, touch points, like, umbrellas of the main people. No, seriously, that's all I get to see, like... Cynthia's sister, Portia's sister. Shamia is important. She's way more important than like I feel like Cynthia's sister, like anything. Yeah, but um, sure. anyone can see Shamia though at the Hawks games. So yeah, because she really does. Comment. She's she's the MC. Yeah, so I don't quite count that because like everyone's seeing her if they go to a Hawks game. But yeah, but yeah, I'm jealous. Get your picture with Heather. Um, Heather, you know, I Facetime if she want. I'm really so kind of have a conversation. Are we really really freaking out? If she actually does listen to this episode. No, seriously. I forgot about that. Heather, <laughs> no, if you listen to this episode, it. follow the podcast Instagram page. Follow um broadcast, post it on your story. Post We're it on your, your story. We're, We're buying your book. Promoting your book. February 7th. Get your copy of Bad Mormon. Um, we heard oh I won't yeah, yeah. We heard a little um excerpt of the book on the episode as like if you got to this point in the episode obviously you heard it but <laughs> you heard a little excerpt and it was so well written it's like it sounded like a great read um and salt lake it's like real housewives of salt lake city is by like no means like my favorite favorite franchise but i still mm-hmm. watch it it's entertaining so it's, it is very entertaining so great interview definitely go and buy yes. bad mormon February 7th, wherever, get out of your indie bookstores, wherever you buy your books, listen to your books. Yes. But um, before we go, Jada, you know what I'm going to ask you. What are you going to ask me? What are you currently reading? Ooh. Okay. okay. 
Okay. I'm currently reading. So I kind of already mentioned some books I'm already reading when we talked mm-hmm. about Black History Month, but I'm going to reiterate. I'm mainly listening to Law Shot by Kennedy Ryan. Loving mm-hmm. it so much. That's my audiobook read. And then my physical book read is that I am currently um, about to start reading Cool, Awkward, and Black, which is wow. a collective of short stories. All right. Yes. I have. I also have a copy of Cool, Awkward, and Black because I got really lucky. I found it randomly at Barnes & Noble before it even came out. It was a lucky find for real. I promise y'all, Barnes & Noble will be messing up. You can be finding books that don't even come out yeah. for a week at Barney Noble. They do that to mess with you, I think. That's how I got before I let go. It was on the vocal stuff. True, yeah. And I found, I randomly found Cool, Awkward, and Black like on a shelf in the YA section. And it was like a few days before it even came out. And I was like, wow, they be messing with you. But um, currently, I am finishing up White Out. Dana's birthday uh, month book lit- club. Pick. I realized I forgot to mention that during our Black History Month that I'm gonna be reading Wide Out. You're gonna be reading it during Black History Month. Yeah. That's okay. We're all we were all behind on our birthday month book club. We were all behind, but we don't worry, there. because these are short stories. This episode's coming out during Black History Month. So don't yeah. you worry. It's also really good. I'm almost I'm like over halfway done. I'm really enjoying it. And I didn't read Blackout, so um I'm really enjoying White Out. Oh my gosh. You're going to have to read Blackout during the summer. Yeah, I definitely am because I really liked White Out. So I'm finishing up that. I'm also reading um, Little Secrets by Jennifer Hillier. I read her book, um, The Things We Do in the Dark, because it's one of my book Mm -hmm. of the month picks too, and it was really good. So I went and bought one of her older books, Little Secrets. So I'm currently reading that. On audio, I just started People Person also by Candice Cardi-Williams. Okay, be honest. What do you thought about the audio books? I'm like 1% in, so I really have no thoughts yet. Okay, test me when you get to like at least the end of the... The first chapter is the longest. I'm gonna let's go ahead and let you know that now. Oh, okay. It's like That's it's going to be like an hour long. An hour? Yeah. The it's first like, chapter? The first chapter is like an hour. Okay, I'm glad you told me that. But also, like, I'm convinced <laughs> the, the audio person re- reads very slow because mm-hmm. I, I... This is actually one of the books like I truly did do like a half and half, like half audiobook listening, half reading it myself mm-hmm. as well too. I didn't have a preference after a while because after after a while I didn't have a preference. But mm-hmm. there was some chapters that was the hour long chapter on an audiobook that I read in like maybe 30 minutes. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I usually put it on like a higher speed than like normal. Yeah. So I can listen to it a little faster. Yeah. So did you not like the audio? Did you not like the non- narrator though? I just don't I could tell the audio the audiobook narrator was faking the accent. Oh God. That's the worst. That's why it took me forever <laughs> to get back into people person. Oh, that's the worst. Because I, I just could tell they were faking the accent. Like that's why I was like, test me to tell Ooh, me I will. the same way. So that's why I felt like I couldn't get I got into it after I got over the fact that like, yeah, this person's faking their accent. Okay, two things I hate with audiobooks when people fake accents badly. And when men are doing the voice of women and they're oh doing it god. so bad. I Oh my God. Yes. I hate that. I wish they would just switch narrators. Yes. That yes. is like women can do men much, much better, better than women than men doing women. And I like, would, it's unexplainable. I would but say the audio, I, I would say the audiobook narrator for Longshot, that guy does a good job of oh, okay. a character Irish voice. Like, because 
he like does he does like a like a I feel like a Sutter Bill accent, mm-hmm. but he makes it work where it's not annoying. I was like, okay, yeah, I can really tell that that's a female. Okay, okay, that's good to know because some people are terrible. Oh yeah, they, they should have switched the narrator on some people. Sure they are. But yes, yeah, so those are my current reads. Yes, love that. So yes, um. Me too. I'm really excited, especially to finish White Out because I really love it. My little Atlanta heart is screaming. This is set in Atlanta. I may start it tonight, honestly. I may start it tonight. Okay. For sure start it tonight and text me when you get to the first chapter, when you finish the first chapter. (laughs) Okay, okay. Because I feel like since they're short stories, since I have two books that are short stories, I feel like if I dedicate myself to read one story of both of these books a night, I'll be done with books easily. I agree. Yeah, because I got through, I started White Out like saturday mm-hmm. and i'm already like almost done with it yes so make sure you grab your copy of white out from your favorite local indie bookstore or your library to make sure yes. you're able to join us later this month when we finally discuss white out my birthday book club pick yes and you don't want to miss out especially after we did legend born it was so much fun so i'm really excited so for white out. much fun i can't wait to create these different questions to ask bethany Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm excited, too. I love talking about books. As we all know, we both do. (laughs) But, Jada, I think that's our episode. We don't want to keep these people too much longer, take up too much of the day. Surely is our episode. If you listen to the very end, you are a real one. And when this episode come out, drop a purple heart. So that's how we know you listen to the full episode. Heather, I'm talking to you, especially. Purple heart, girl. (laughs) Purple heart. Yes. So that's the T. In TBR podcast see you guys next time bye